Good morning. The scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, beginning with verses 7 through 15. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give I will give will come up in us will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life the woman said to him sir give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to be, keep coming to here to draw water now we skip over to verses 27 through 30 just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. And finally, from verses 39 through 45, we read, Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. When the two days were over, he went from that place to Galilee, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in the prophet's own country. When he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, since they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the festival, for they too had gone to the festival. This is the word of God for the children of God. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you. That through your word for us this day, we would know, learn, 
and come to love you and your creation more. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I invite you to take out your notes page there. For those of you joining us online, there is a link to the notes page so that you can have the notes in front of you. It does have those collection of verses that Cindy read for us this morning. Um, I did not give the, the whole portion of Scripture. It is about uh, 40, almost 40 verses, and um, I, I, I did not think that fair to make my Scripture reader read that much. Uh, but I, I kind of uh, pulled out and, and took uh, some of the parts of scripture that I will be preaching on today, but uh, I'll also be taking the text in its entirety, this entire story of the woman at the well. And so you have your notes there in front of you. And, and, and friends, you even have like a little bit of white space at the bottom if you want to take your own notes. I think it's a, a first for my sermon notes is you actually have a little bit of space to write your own there. Um, but I want to start out with two questions as we get our time started here today. Um, and, and they're the two questions that are right there as your notes begin. First of all, have you ever considered the power of your witness to lead others to Christ or to help others understand or know Christ better? Have you ever considered the power of your own witness? And then on the flip side of that coin, have you ever considered the power of other people's witness to help you know and understand Christ better? Right, this power of witness is such an important and vital part of our faith. And I think in the church sometimes we can often become neglectful of this power of witnesses. And it and it happens for a variety of reasons. It, it just doesn't it isn't just that we're bad at telling stories. I don't I don't think that. I I think actually in the church we're pretty good at telling stories. But I think what we as the church often misunderstand is the power the power that our witness has. The power of that testimony. And oftentimes, when we neglect or limit the power of the witness, we do it at the detriment of Christ and at the detriment of the community that we are seeking to build. And so, in the church, as I said, we're good at telling stories. But oftentimes, we get very short-sighted on where we hear the stories from, on who we allow to tell the stories, and then that hinders our ability to share the fullness of who God has called us to be. And I think in our scripture today, we get a very good look at the people that Christ is calling us to be and the witness and the power of the witness that we have. And so we've been in the midst of this series as we've come to talk about these women in the Bible and the power of these women in the Bible and the ways in which their actions and dedication to service to God, we have come to witness that there is a great power in diversity in the kingdom, right? We, we have seen examples of persons in the Bible who would have been persecuted for speaking up and standing up in the way that they do. And do not allow that to get in the way of their sharing witness. And in that, we have seen the ways in which Christ calls us to stand up, right? In each of these women, we have gained an individual understanding of what it means to stand up for our faith. But we have also gained an understanding for the fullness of our own faith community. Women become a great example for us to reflect on because despite 
having a way to, having this understanding that we look at, okay, well, we've made great strides in gender equality. We are not quite there yet. And it goes to show us that as we begin to diversify voices in our churches, we begin to gain a fuller picture of the kingdom of God. And so as we look at the power of witness and testimony, we begin to see and unpack that the way in which we receive testimony directly impacts the way that we give testimony. And therefore, the way that we understand Christ and the way that we understand the body of Christ directly impacts the way we share Christ with others. And so up to this point, we have looked at five women from the Hebrew Scriptures, that is, these five women in the, in the nation of Israel who, Im, or who have impact on the nation of Israel. And these were stories of women who were put in situations and were called upon God to live through kindness, through, a, through authority, through justice, and through ba- bravery. And so now we turn our attention to the New Testament. Now we turn our attention in these next two weeks as we begin to unpack the nature that Christ has on us as a community of believers. And this goes far beyond where we looked at in our previous weeks because this takes all of those aspects of faith that we have looked at from the ancient Hebrew scriptures and it seeks to embody them in the nature and culture of Christ. And so here in these next two weeks, we have an example of a woman speaking from an understanding of authority and another woman boldly leading and serving as a leader in the early church. The stories we see show us what it means to both be a, an individual who believes, testifies, and leads in the name of Christ, and also what it means to build communities that truly embody and reflect the kingdom that God has created. And so as we dive into our story today, we meet and we see the two main characters, right? As we get into the scripture, so this story of the Samaritan woman at the well starts in verse 5. I know I started it in verse 7, but verse 5 just goes to describe this well. It's a pretty important well in the place of Samaria. And we hear this interaction, and we have Jesus who is sitting at this well, and Jesus' disciples have gone into this Samaritan city to go and to, to get some food for, for him and for themselves and to kind of give themselves some sustenance for this trip. And Jesus is sitting at this well, probably in some sort of personal reflection, as he often does. And in this time, this Samaritan woman walks up, this would have been commonplace in society, right? They would go to this well in the morning to draw water so they would have water throughout the day. And this woman meets and sees Jesus. And so we can only imagine that Jesus is probably thirsty, right? He's sitting in the middle of what seems like a desert. It's probably a, a warm summer's day, maybe like today, or actually maybe more like, you know, some of the days we've had this past week. I don't know. Um, but we have this Samaritan woman approach him. And as soon as he asks for water, we can already begin to see this tension that begins to build in this story. 
We can already see the tension of what is happening. Why? Well, if you remember, we, if you remember from a couple of weeks ago, right, when you guys allowed me to nerd out with my cork board and all of my red string and pictures, we were, you will remember that the northern kingdom, the kingdom of Israel, later was called Samaria. And you'll remember that they kind of butt heads with, that, with the kingdom of Judah. And, and by the time of Jesus, this division no longer really defined by kingdom bounds because this entire area is ruled by Rome, but there is still animosity between these two sets of people, between the people of Judah and the people of Samaria. And we see this over and over recounted in the Gospels, right? The Samaritans are often the people that Christ is pointing to like, okay, look, no, you even should love them. Or we're hearing about how much the Samaritans are despised. And so when we come into this passage and Jesus asks this Samaritan woman for a drink, who is the one that is like, hold on, there's not something quite right here. If we look at verse 9, we see that the Samaritan woman responds. Really, I mean, it just, it seems like a logical response, right? How is it that you, and right, she labels him a Jew, ask a drink of me and labels herself a woman of Samaria. And we get a little context. This context probably showed up as the book of John was being uh, actually recorded and people were learning, right? And so we get these uh, parentheses and we said, Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Little footnote added there. And see, the conversation could have easily stopped there and Jews, Jews could have been like, yeah, you're right. Maybe I'll just... I'll wait, I'll wait for a Jew to come along to get me some water. But no. No, Jesus talks, begins to engage the Samaritan woman in conversation. It no longer becomes about a drink for Jesus, but it becomes about a drink for the young woman. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You see, no longer is Jesus the one who is thirsty, but now the woman appears to be the one who is thirsty. Why? Because Jesus, in his divine understanding, through his divine wisdom, knows that this woman is thirsty herself. She's not physically thirsty. I mean, she might be. She might be. I mean, she's coming to the well, so she probably will, will want to drink a water. It's probably a hot day, so, you know, we'll, we'll, she, she might be physically thirsty. But Jesus is not paying attention to the physical in this moment. Jesus is paying attention to the spiritual. And Jesus can see that this woman is spiritually thirsty. And so Jesus offers this woman a drink. And she's like, well, hold on, sir. You don't have a bucket, and, and that well is deep, and so you have nothing... And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not talking about this water. Right? Everyone who drinks this water, and I can imagine him pointing to the well, will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing to eternal life. Now, this woman's thinking to herself, hot dog, I'd never have to come to this well again. Sir, if you give me that water, I will never have to drink another sip of water in my life. 
And so she's really excited, right? She's like, give me this water. Like, I want this water so that I may never be thirsty again or that I have to keep on coming, right? I mean, we're not told in this scripture how far outside of the city she has trekked in order to get this water. But this woman's like, yep, sign me up. I'm good. Give me, I'll take that water. But Jesus gives her a word of caution, right? She wants this water. She wants this water. And so she asks for this water. Give me, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty again or have to come here to draw water. But you see, it is the witness and the story that Jesus offers to this woman that shows her that she, that he is not talking about this physical water, but that he is talking about something spiritual. You see, in this section of scripture that I unfortunately glossed over, that I will encourage you, wholeheartedly encourage you to go back and read when you get home. I encourage you to read this entire story of text from verse 5 all the way to 45 as you enter this text and gain a deeper understanding with it. You see, in that portion of text, there's a conversation between Jesus and the woman, and Jesus and the woman unpack who the woman is, and Jesus shines a light on the woman's life. You see, this woman has had a tough life. Right, this woman has had a tough life. She has had, Jesus asked her, do you have a husband? And she says, no, I don't have a husband. And Jesus is like, yeah, I know you don't have a husband. In fact, you've had five husbands. And in fact, this man that you are living with now is not your husband. And see, we are never told anything about those five husbands. We are never told why she's had five husbands. We are never told the reasoning behind this. We are never told whose fault it may or may not be. We are just told that this woman has had five husbands. Now, I want you to think for a second how difficult that sounds emotionally for someone to go through. Whether she has gone through divorce, whether she has experienced death of these husbands, or whether she is just lost in this cycle of leveret marriage in which she has to marry the next of kin over and over again until she finds a husband. Friends, this woman has gone through some emotionally traumatic experiences. And what is Jesus offering here but a living water that will feed, that will, that will quench this thirsty soul that she has that is seeking emotional and spiritual healing. And that is what Jesus offers to her. Jesus offers to fill this woman so that she may never be thirsty again, so that she may begin to experience healing from the grief that she has encountered. And she changes, he changes her mindset from this physical drink, right? Because she gets so excited, Lord, give me this drink so that I will never be thirsty again, so that I don't have to come here and draw water. And Jesus is like, but here, let me give you this living water. And we come to see that her life becomes so changed that when we jump ahead in the scripture, right, we're going to jump down there to verse 27 uh, that you have in your notes there. And we see the disciples come back and they come back from having gotten food and, and they see him talking to this woman. And I, I don't know by now, you know, this is early in the gospel of John, so it's hard to tell. But by now, it looks like the disciples have kind of learned that Jesus does things, talks to strange people. And so they don't say anything. They don't, they don't say anything, right? And the, 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 the writer here of Scripture records, but you know, no one said, well, what do you want to the woman? Or, or why are you speaking with her to Jesus? No, they just kind of come up, and I'm sure they maybe give some glances to the woman and to Jesus trying to figure out what is going on. But here's where it comes. 
Because the woman has been so changed by the witness of Jesus, the power of the witness that has been filled within her through the living water that she has received has caused her to do this. It says, then the woman left her water jar. Friends, she left her water jar. That was the whole reason she came to this well. She left her water jar and went back to the city. And she said to her people, right, she goes into the city without her water, without her water jug, and she runs into the city, finds anybody and everybody she can, and she says to them, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? And then, because the people heard this great and this awesome testimony about this man who helped to offer healing and reconciliation to the Samaritan woman, run to have this experience for themselves. In this situation, we see how transformational this message truly is. Her story is so convicting that these people, they have to. They must go experience it for themselves. They have to have their own experience of Jesus Christ. And it is through her witness and testimony, and it's through their willingness to listen to her witness and testimony that they begin to have an opportunity to have this living water themselves. Friends, we have a story to tell. We have our own experiences of the divine when we are in the presence of Christ. Yes, sometimes it takes digging deep. Sometimes it takes a little bit more work. But friends, we all have a story. We all have a witness. Each and every one of us. And we are called to share it because our faith is shared through stories. Those stories begin as we are invited to encounter God through the living word of Jesus. We encounter God through the living word of Jesus Christ in our own lives. And now here comes the part about that that's so crucial for us as communities, and the thing that we take from this story is that we must know and find ways to receive that story, right? We all have this story to tell. We all have this experience of Christ, but we also know that others have this experience of Christ as well. And in building community, in building the body of Christ, we come to hear the stories of other people as well. And we wrestle with how these stories are shared. Right? And so we come in and we come together to hear these stories. We share the stories amongst ourselves in community and we share our stories with others outside. But even more so, we listen and we hear the stories of others in our community and we hear the stories of others outside our churches. And that is how we do this work of building the kingdom. That is how we do this work of growing in God's grace. And so we listen. Imagine how different this story would have been if the people of Samaria had not listened to this woman, had not gained an understanding, had not heard her witness and testimony of who Christ was. It teaches us that even from the most unlikely of places, we can hear a testimony and witness of who Christ is. Friends, we do not become arbitrators of the story of Christ. We do not get to pick and choose the ways in which people experience Jesus. Friends, we get to sit back and enjoy the story. 
We get to sit back and listen. We get to sit back and learn. We get to sit back and understand. And yes, at some point in time, we get to share ourselves. The power of testimony is incredible. It initiates within our communities a desire to know and understand more. And out of that becomes this understanding that we are in community together and that we are seeking to build God's kingdom through witness, through stories. And it again preaches to this understanding of diversity. It continues to preach this understanding of how we experience that witness of Christ. In our world, we need to stop diminishing people's stories just because, of, just because we may think they're unqualified. Friends, everyone has a story. And everyone's story deserves to be heard. And everyone's story will change us, whether, whether it's part of our story or not. Oftentimes, even whether it aligns with our story or not. But friends, everyone has a story, and everyone has a witness. And that witness in Christ becomes part of who we are. If your witness is worth sharing, then so is everyone else's. And we find our own witness by encountering other people. Right? We build our experience of Christ by being in community with one another and being in community with Christ. And so we find our story. We acknowledge our witness in the midst of others and surround ourselves with all these different persons in community. We do not allow our biases or, or our preconceived notions of people to color the way in which we hear their stories. But we hear the way that Jesus speaks to them, the way that Jesus talks to them. And we see the way in which Jesus has quenched their thirst. And then we come. We come to a place where we can encounter Jesus ourselves, right? I always thought that verse 42 was so weird that I always kind of looked at it as like, okay, well, they didn't trust this woman enough. They didn't trust her story that they couldn't have like come to know Jesus outside. No, they got so excited about what happened to her that they wanted their own encounter with Jesus. They wanted their own story so that they could then share their own story with their neighbors. Her story was so impactful on their lives that it made them want to have a story too. And we must be these people as well. We must create space for people to have a witness, for people to have a story. And we invite others to both share and receive our stories as well. And so what are the stories that Christ is calling you to hear and to tell? And what are those voices that we are called to be more attuned to in our lives as well? Amen.